2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells, too. I'm I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home. But just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. So why didn't the FBI stop him? Oh, we'll talk about that today. We will talk about Kamala Harris having a one-on-one with Bill Clinton. What, Chris? I'm not going to be inappropriate. stop. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Apparently, I touched off a nerve yesterday with the accusation, the unfounded accusation that I have a communist fetish. It's inappropriate. It's wrong. And I don't appreciate these emails I'm holding that are agreeing with that wrong listener.
1: Oh, God, she's homely.
3: (laughs) Quit, Chris. Stop playing that. Quit. So yes, we're going to get to the potential Biden filibuster to Democrat obsession with guns, Democrat obsession with abortion. Have you ever wondered why we're going to dig into the psychology of all that today? Let's figure out why. But before we do that, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited about this one. I, I obviously I'm a history freak. This is not news to anybody. But some of them get the old motor running more than others. Not that kind of motor, Chris. Gosh. Oh, by the way, we have Tiana Lowe coming up next hour. She's a little bit Asian. She's had some things to say about the uh, Asian crimes, all the crimes on Asian people in America. She has some thoughts on that. I'll be anxious to hear her thoughts. And in the last hour, Christy Noem, we have a writer coming on, Margot Cleveland. She's going to talk to us about Christy Noem and what happened there. But first, there was a man named Napoleon. Maybe you've heard of him. And he was a fascinating person. And somebody that they always throw Napoleon in. When you talk to anybody today, especially you know professors and things like that, They'll throw in Napoleon's name with Hitler like it's nothing. Well, you know, the, the tyrants like Hitler and Napoleon. And I don't think that's fair. I'm sorry. I don't think that's fair. There's no question Napoleon was a conqueror. There's no question because of his ambition and because of the wars he started, lots of people died. I, I'm not questioning that at all. Uh, Napoleon was no Hitler. Napoleon, as you'll find out today, some really cool things about him. Napoleon's people loved him, would lay down and die for him. Hitler was a monster. Half his own people wanted him dead and tried to do so. That was not Napoleon, not at all. And... Let's begin at the beginning, because today is actually about Waterloo. It's about Napoleon's end, and I would need a 25-hour show to do an entire show, to do all of his life. So let's do a brief recap on who Napoleon was. Boy, short, pretty brilliant, works his way into the military academy, and he's a star. He's just, I, I, I. they obviously didn't have the tests back then. Almost undoubtedly, Napoleon was a genius. Certainly a military genius. Napoleon has this line that comes off as super arrogant. And I guess in a way it is super arrogant. But Napoleon has this line at the end of his life. We're, we're now clear at the end of his life. This is when, you know, post everything. He's writing his memoirs and such and it's all over, all the conquering, all the stuff's done. Napoleon has this line, and it goes, I have fought 60 battles, and I have learned nothing which I did not know at the beginning. What that means is this. When Napoleon was in school, in his military academy, and Napoleon was reading books, reading what this general did and this tactic here and this small unit tactic there and this battle and how this battle worked out. You know, you know how much you remember about school? Not much, right? If we're being honest, you, you remember a few high points, probably a couple parties. Maybe that, maybe that dude you dated, that dime you dated for a couple times. Th- but that's about your school experience. Maybe a couple things from a couple subjects. But you've moved on. Your, life, your brain can only hold so much. Yeah, not Napoleon. He remembered all of it. He's just one of these guys. He, he walked into being a junior officer fresh out of the military academy, and this dude was simply ready to lead men. And he was a general. At the age of 24, I still can't wrap my mind around this, and I understand people matured differently back in the day. At the age of 24, I'm almost positive I was still melting chunks of Velveeta on my sandwiches before I ate them. I'm not exaggerating that at all. (laughs) Chris, it's Chris, yeah. At 24? At the age of 24? I... I think my car at the when I was 24, that was what 15 years ago, I seriously think my car I paid $3,000 for it, I believe. I'm not making this up. 24 years old, he's leading armies, and not leading armies as in, you know, somebody just handed him the keys because daddy was important. No, it was just one of these this dude's so brilliant, give him the keys to the car. This guy has to lead and brave, absurdly brave. Now, I'm not going to go into the rest of his rise. He, He essentially tosses out the monarchy in Europe. He is a necessary changer of the way things were. And up to that point in Europe, kings and queens ruled. Napoleon thought there was a better way. Again, I think these Hitler comparisons are absurd. Yes, he ended up being a tyrant and an emperor, no question. But he was a tyrant and an emperor that was all about people's rights, the rights of the individual. You are not just some, some cog in the wheel. You are a God-blessed individual with sacred rights. He was all about the people. All about, and himself too. He had a gigantic ego. I'm not going to deify the guy, but I think, like I said, I think the Hitler comparisons are absurd. Leads an army after, and, and something you should know about Europe at this time, I guess I should set up. There is France, there is England, there is Austria, there is Prussia, and there is Russia. Now, the reason I bring up those is those are the major countries at this time. There's not really a Germany yet, although that will really, Prussia will become that. But that's it. France, England, Prussia, Austria, Russia. Those are the big, big cheeses right now. And the monarchs in charge of those countries really would like to stay monarchs. Napoleon, he wants a different way. French Revolution happens they're looking for some leadership. it's over Napoleon leads, tosses out the monarchy and eventually sets his sights on Russia. Whoops marches 650,000 men into Russia. It was it was called the Grand Army, not Grand Army. I've been lectured about that before. Grand Army I, I know Chris, it's ARmeE with some kind of weird, I don't know. Look, I'm an American. I don't pay attention to these things, but that's what it was called. Napoleon's grand army marches into Russia. Napoleon promptly beats the crap out of everyone he faces as he always did. And then finds himself in Moscow. Well, dang those Russians. If they haven't always been this way, Russians are painfully aware of the dangers of the Russian climate in terrain. What did they do in Moscow? Moscow. They just left and burnt most of the city down. Okay, Napoleon, well, now you're in Moscow. It's starting to get a little bit chilly, and you don't have the provisions to stay there with 650,000 men. What's Napoleon going to do? Well, he makes one of the major mistakes of his career. We will talk about that as we continue this, and the FBI, time for us to have a talk. Hang on. Jesse Kelly,
0: on air and online at
3: jessekellyshow.com. Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Even the name is cool. I mean, yes, it's an air purifier. And when I say air purifier, I need to clarify something, because I have had an air purifier or purifiers in my home for a long, long time. This is by far the best one ever. It doesn't make noise. It doesn't have a filter I have to replace every other day. And it doesn't cover up odors. It removes them completely. It makes your home smell better. It makes your home feel better. Those allergies you're struggling with right now, the itchy eyes, the runny nose, I had those too. I don't wake up with those anymore. That's what the Eden Pure Thunderstorm can do for you. Go get one. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's Edenpuredeals.com. And get this when you use the code word Jesse at checkout, that actually gets you ten bucks off. Edenpuredeals.com code word Jesse. Oh, there are some there are some hard truths coming today. <laughs> oh, this FBI stuff is look. We're going to have to accept something, you and I. We're going to have to accept some bitter pills. But such is life. And I'm going to address the absurdity of these communist fetish emails. I won't have it. I won't be framed like this, Chris. What? I will not be framed like this in a false way. Back to Napoleon. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Remember, it's uh I'm looking at my watch. It's Wednesday. Ask Dr. Jesse Friday is right around the corner. I know. Chris, it comes up on you fast. It comes. I'm still glowing from last Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I mean, I know what you're thinking. Oh, Jesse, that's your natural glow. But no, it's just it's from the show itself. Email your love, your hate, your death threats, your absurd communist fetish takes, and your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. All your emails go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them off for me. I read them on the air. And like I said, you don't have to call live if you call. If you leave a voicemail, we'll play that too, as you've heard. Napoleon finds himself in Moscow. He thinks he's basically won. He sends... A runner, I'm paraphrasing a lot of this because I'm trying to get to Waterloo, sends a runner to the, essentially the Moscow leadership saying, to the Russian leadership saying, hey, you guys give up? The Russian leadership, in an all-time brilliant move, there's some argument over whether or not they did it on purpose. They just didn't send anything back. So Napoleon's waiting there, yeah, he's been waiting for someone to come bring him a sword or something like that, but they just didn't say anything, and Napoleon's waiting and waiting and waiting for 3 weeks he's waiting and it's getting colder and colder and, co- and finally you know I'm going to do an entire show on this so I'm going to I'm going to jump past it finally he has to leave winter is here and they're I mean, they're being eaten by wolves they're eating their horses there is a lot of rumor that they're eating each other the 650,000 man army leaves russia with less than 100,000 men left, and they're on the run. They're ragged, strung out. They are – it is a disaster. Only this is a man who at this point in time had basically conquered Europe, and I mean conquered Europe. It was all his, and now he's on the run and his army's on the run, so they all start smelling weakness in the air, and they all hound him, chase him down, grab him. It's over and he gets banished to a place called Elba. Now, this banishment, I want to be clear. He was not thrown in a dungeon on Elba. It was really, uh, he's way too popular to kill. So many people love him. It looks bad if we just lop off the head of the man who was just the emperor and he kind of popular. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put in a king in place in France again, Louis XVIII. We're going to banish Napoleon to this island and he can really do most of what he wants on the island but he can't leave the island and we're going to pay him a gigantic generous pension the rest of his life. All of Europe decided on this. They all got together because he was taking over all of Europe and said, "What are we going to do?" All right. Hey, Louis, you're 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 now the king of France again. Congratulations. I got your I got your stuff. I got your stuff back. Um, you need to pay Napoleon a huge pension. Just, just banish him, banish him to the island, right? Well, Napoleon goes to the island. It's kind of cool. Leaders are leaders. This just always works out this way. And you throw a leader in any scenario, eventually he's going to lead something. Napoleon gets to Elba. And immediately doesn't like the conditions on the island. Thinks they're too poor and stuff like that. He starts building roads and rebuilding the society. He takes over Elba. He's essentially the king of it. They didn't even really nominate him. He just walks in. He's like, oh, well, that's not going to work. You, get over here. We're going to fix this. We're going to fix that. Except a couple things are going on back in France. One, Louis Eighteenth is historically a disaster of a human being. He was reportedly a huge glutton, uh, a, a morbidly obese, not a man who was able to um, procreate with the ladies, which was fa- this was famously known in Europe. I don't know. I'm not going to discuss the details, Chris. He was not able to. This is a family show. He was not able to to enjoy himself with the ladies, Chris. Gosh, and he was not well thought of. And Louis XVIII, he didn't want to pay Napoleon his pension. And he didn't send any money to Napoleon. And the people in Europe, they may not all have loved Napoleon. I don't want to act like they were all throwing rose petals at his feet. But the people in Europe, they were done with the monarchy. That's why Napoleon was able to rise. They didn't want a king again. Louis the 18th gets there and the people in France are all, wait a minute. I liked Napoleon. He was fine. Who are you? I don't want you back here. Napoleon is getting word about all this. And keep in mind, I should note in their defense, England at this point is begging Louis the 18th to give Napoleon his pension. They're like, hey, we finally got him on the island. Please give him his pension. This is going to be a problem. Do you realize well, we finally got rid of this guy? Please get him to the island. I mean, this guy had terrorized Europe, but they won't. And of course, Napoleon escapes. It was not, I, when I say escape, I don't want to make it sound like Papillon rafting across the ocean from a penal colony. It, it, escapes is he just simply got on one of the boats on the island and sailed it to shore, but he's not allowed to do this. And he gets to France. Remember, he's not supposed to be there. Has about a 1,000 troops waiting for him. And this is one of the coolest historical mo- moments ever. He has a 1,000 guys waiting for him. Decides he's not going to march on Paris. He doesn't have any desire to fight Frenchmen. He's not there to tear through the French countryside. He shows up and essentially says... I've only got a 1,000 dudes. I understand you hate Louis. I don't know if you want me or want me back. I thought we had a good thing going, but I leave it up to you. Napoleon starts traveling with his 1,000 men, and he's being greeted very, very well. And Louis freaks out, sends an army unit out to meet Napoleon and defeat him, thinks he's going to have to fight him. This army unit that outnumbers Napoleon lines up in front of him. Napoleon lines up with his thousand men. In a moment, oh man, this honestly might be my number one moment in history. I know I've said this a thousand times. In what has to be the coolest scene ever, Napoleon gets down off his horse, walks out in front of the army that was sent to oppose him and says, and I quote, If you wish to kill your emperor, here I am. They drop to their knees and flock around him and say, Viva la emperor! And they immediately come over to his side and join him. This does not happen once. This happens multiple times. Units are sent to stop Napoleon. They show up. He doesn't have to fight any of them. They just show up and they're like, oh gosh, it's good to have you back, boss. Let's rock and roll. How awesome is that? And he should does this sound like Hitler to you? And he's showing up in towns, and people are throwing flowers at him and rose petals, rose rose pebbles, rose petals, and viva la emperor. And Napoleon is back. Louis XVIII, it should be mentioned. He sees the writing on the wall wisely and hightails it out of there. Louis the 18th takes off. Napoleon wants peace. Will he have it? We're just going to have to wait and see. Hang on. I didn't want to quit dipping tobacco. I... I wish I could sit here and tell you that I did. I, I wish I could tell you that I'm a good person. And I just woke up one day and thought, wow, I don't like this anymore. I think I'll quit. I never got to that point, ever. Now, I knew I should. I knew it was bad for me. That's not news. But I didn't ever want to quit. So somebody like me who loved it, well, I needed help. I, and I mean real help. I don't need a piece of gum. I don't need a patch on my arm. I need something that's going to get me in that transition from dipping to not dipping. Well, Jake's Mint Chew is what does that. Jake's Mint Chew is tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. They even have little little CBD pouches that really take the edge off. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 20% off. Glad she's homely. <laughs> Chris, stop playing that. Stop playing that. Jennifer Saki is not homely. That's enough. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me on locals. That's the one I can't get kicked off of. I have been relentlessly and unfairly attacked by you people for being honest about a couple things I mentioned in passing a few shows ago that I thought Rachel Maddow was kind of hot that set people off. And then I admit about Jennifer Saki. And now everyone's bringing up old stuff that I said about Ilhan Omar and AOC. I have been unfairly labeled. I will, I'm. I will sue for libel, Chris. I will sue. I actually don't even totally understand what libel means, to be totally honest with you. But, look, they didn't cover that at my community college, okay? All right, before I get into our disastrous FBI, uh, with a gigantic swing and a miss again, what a shock. Let's get back into Napoleon, the end of Napoleon. <clears throat> Napoleon gets banished to Elba, comes back to France. Louis Eighteenth takes off because all the armies he's setting to defeat Napoleon, join Napoleon Napoleon takes back over in France and he wants peace. I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. The rest of Europe is in a full blown panic. Understandably, I don't want to make them all look like a bunch of paranoid wing nuts. Napoleon had just spent a bunch of time kicking the crap out of all of them, but Napoleon takes over France. He is older he is reportedly fatter now. I don't. They all mentioned his weight at this point in time, so old boy must have got on Elba and blew up. He is suffering from physical ailments right now um, in his butt. He's ha- He has hemorrhoids. Okay, I wasn't sure how to put it, so I figured I might as well just put it out there. He has hemorrhoids, really bad hemorrhoids, and this is actually going to come into play for our story. He can't. Ride a horse that well. They're so bad he can't really get out on a horse. And Napoleon was very much a on-the-horse commander. Get up here, move here, do this, do that. I apologize for having to use the word hemorrhoids to a nationally syndicated audience. I wasn't sure how to put it any other way. His butt hurt, okay? He couldn't get in the saddle. It is a miracle this show is growing, Chris. I swear on my life. The rest of Europe, though, they're not going to let this stand. Now, what aren't they gonna look, they're not gonna let Napoleon's existence stand. And why is that? Let's pause for a moment before we get to the end of the story. Why is it that the rest of Europe hated him so much? It wasn't just the loss of life. Let's be honest. The guys at the top, the monarchs and such, they don't really care that much about some soldiers dying. Well, what Napoleon was was a gigantic System disruptor. The European monarchy system had been in place for a long time. When systems are in place for a long time, they grow deep, deep, deep roots. When somebody starts to dig those roots out, when somebody starts to poison those roots, there is a response. The rest of Europe was never going to let Napoleon just hang out and be in charge of France because they couldn't risk the system disruptor spreading that message to the rest of Europe again. They begin to build armies. Napoleon decides, okay, I'm in trouble here. They're all building armies again against me. I don't have the resources I had before. I better go on the offensive against the armies that are already built and try to wipe them out first, which he unquestionably had to do. Allow me to give you a little tip. If you're ever, I hope you never are. If you're ever in the situation where you have to fight multiple people, you do not let them come to you. You hit first and hit hard because your only chance is to remove one of them from the situation before you have to take on both because even professional fighters can't take on multiple people at a time. It doesn't work that way except in the movies. Napoleon takes on this strategy. He charges into Belgium with 125,000 men. Now, what is waiting for him in Belgium? Two other names I'm going to give you. They may be the last two names of the day, but there is a Prussian army there of also 125,000 people under a man named Blucher or Blucher, depending on who you're listening to. I'll probably call him Blucher and I'm sure that's wrong. I'll get hate mail over that. And there's an English army there under a man. I hope you've heard of the Duke of Wellington. Now, I'll be honest with you, pause here for a brief second. I have to admit, I have a huge historical, and it's not blind spot, a huge historical aversion to something, which is why I haven't done very many stories on it. You may not have even noticed. You probably haven't. But because I lack a certain, what do they call it, shame gene, I just come out and say the terrible things about me. I avoid a lot of English history, not because I'm anti-English. I'm a, actually a huge admirer of the nation, of the empire they were. I have known a few of their troops modern day, and I have a huge admiration for those guys. Those guys are studs. I, I think it's really cool. I, I don't have any problems with England. I think it's very difficult to tell stories about England because of all the Duke of this, Earl of that, Prince of this, King of that. It it, it makes stories incredibly confusing. That's the Lord of Walnut dealing with the, the, the Duke of Peacock, and he was he was the Earl or the Earl of Grapeseed and, and, and I'm already lost. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, and when you try to read stories and dig through stories on this, it's very hard to go into all the dukes and earls and lords and things. It's just it's difficult, so I haven't done hardly any history stories on it because I think it makes it hard to make the story interesting, and I probably should do more of those because it is a cool history with knights and crossbows and swords and armor and spears and such. But the only duke I'm going to talk about today, his name is Wellington. He has 100,000 dudes. Now, his 100,000 dudes are pretty green. He's got about half of a real trained English army and about half of uh, countries Britain is in charge of. Pretty green troops, a lot of guys he doesn't trust. The plan for those two, for the, for the Prussian army and the English army, is to wait. Let's not attack Napoleon yet. We're building up huge armies back at home. Other countries are building up huge armies. You don't really want to take on Napoleon. Let's just wait. Hang on. Napoleon, though, is no dummy. He knows, just like that fight situation I was describing for you, he does not have the luxury of waiting. He must press. He takes one of his marshals, his main marshal. The man's name was Ney. That's the last name I'll give you today. Marshal Ney. You probably should know that name. A fanatically brave human being, a leader of men under Napoleon, and just did some awesome stuff. He has Nay take one-third of his troops and take off towards well, take off towards the English. Napoleon's plan is: hey, Nay, you go head towards the English. Distract them a little. You don't have to focus on them too much. But make sure they're focused on you. I'm gonna take two-thirds of my army. And go land a knockout punch on Prussia. Then we can gather back up together again and finish off the English. His plan for these two armies, which are separate armies, is to take them on one at a time. He takes on Prussia. You want to know how that goes? I'll tell you in a second, and then we'll get to your FBI with another gigantic whiff. Hang on.
0: If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz Driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
3: While we're still waiting for more information regarding the shooter, his motive the weapons he used, the guns, the magazines, the weapons, the modifications that apparently have taken place to those weapons that are involved here. I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common-sense steps that will save the lives in the future and to urge my colleagues in the House and Senate to act. We can ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country once again. I got that done when I was a senator. It passed. It was law for the longest time. And it brought down these mass killings. We should do it again. We can close the loopholes in our background check system, including the Charleston loophole. That's one of the best tools we have right now to prevent gun violence. Gun violence. I hope my guns at home aren't hurting anybody right now, Chris. You never know. Sometimes they just break out and start shooting, baby. We'll talk about that in a few. It is me, Jesse, the Shogun Kelly. And yes, I don't need any more emails. I know Cinco de Mayo is coming. Rest assured, there will be a sombrero. Rest assured, we are working on the in-studio mariachi band. I was a little sticker-shocked. At Chris's $400 an hour cost? Maybe we'll find a discount band. What, Chris? Surely they can't all be $400. It's three dudes. They're wearing the three amigos outfits. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's finish up with Napoleon. He takes on Russia. He's out in, or Prussia, I'm sorry. Not Russia. Prussia. It gets confusing. He takes on Prussia. Slams into Prussia. Blucher is a good man, a good commander. He's not Napoleon, though. They take on Prussia. Napoleon beats him. Prussia has to back away. But, and this is important, it was not a total rout. Napoleon didn't slaughter the Prussians to the last man. It was more of an orderly, okay, you win the day, we'll back away thing. But they don't back away too far. Napoleon turns now and focuses on Wellington. He outnumbers Wellington a little. Remember, Wellington doesn't have his best troops. Napoleon does, for the most part. Napoleon has good troops. They decide it's time to get it on. Wellington is on one ridgeline. Then there's a valley in between them. Napoleon is on the other ridgeline. But Napoleon has a problem that Wellington very much does not have, and many people say this is a difference in the battle. Napoleon does not have time on his side. Wellington does. Every single minute this battle goes on, Napoleon's chances of success go down. Why? Well, one Remember that Prussian army that's not totally routed? They're still out there. They've already gathered up again, and they're marching back towards Napoleon from 12 miles away. And other nations are building armies. Napoleon is in a hurry. The Duke of Wellington, he knows this. He is not a dumb man. And the Duke of Wellington, we don't talk enough about him. I should probably do a show on him. This dude was a savvy military dude as well. Came up doing a bunch of fighting in India. A well thought, this is not some sit on his, sit on his rear end with the feet on the desk general. This is a good dude. Napoleon has to try to charge Wellington as much as humanly possible. Wellington doesn't have to charge Napoleon. So they're exchanging cannon fire, one ridge to the other ridge, back and forth and back and forth. Wellington's cannon fire is blowing Napoleon's guys apart. And remember, cannonballs weren't always exploding. There were some exploding shells, no doubt. There were, when you're using them against men, there's something called grape shot. And I don't have to explain that to you. I'm sure you can picture in your mind what that is and what that would do to a human body. Just picture a gigantic shotgun and what that would do to people. And he's pounding the French with this. Napoleon's firing back, but Wellington takes all his men and puts them on the other side of the ridgeline behind his cannons because he doesn't have to charge. He can just sit and wait and blow Napoleon's guys out of the water as they charge across the valley. Napoleon is essentially in an impossible situation now. There is a fortress on the English flank because Napoleon is not one to sit back and just give up. He knows he has to outflank the English. This is one of the ones, I mean, you you could make a movie just about this fortress and what happened here. The English send a unit to this little fortress, this, this dumpy little fortress. They work all night long stacking wagons and things on the gates because they know the French are going to come for it. They're packing mud. It's pouring rain. They're packing mud into the holes. They're getting ready. The French start coming for it in droves. There's musket fire, cannon fire. Uh, there is fighting with shovels and bayonets and bare hand. It is just some of the most horrible hand-to-hand combat ever. It sounds awesome. We're gonna wrap up the Battle of Waterloo. Let's dig into our own problems. What? What? Say you? Hang on. Superbeets heart chews don't taste like beets. And I know I'm supposed to, I don't supposed to come on here and I'm supposed to give you all the amazing health benefits, you know, non-GMO, they're plant-based, they're even gluten-free, no preservatives, naturally flavored, all these I'm supposed to say all these things, right? Great for your heart, great for your, great for your blood pressure. And and all that stuff's true. That's fine. That's fine. But none of that would matter to me if they tasted disgusting. None of that would matter to me if they tasted like beets, but they don't. I choose the pomegranate berry flavor. I sit down every single night with dinner, and when I'm done with my dinner, these things taste so good. I, I admit I have a little bit of a sweet tooth. These things are my dessert every single night. It's not a burden. It's enjoyable. Go to getsuperbeats.com slash jesse. That's getsuperbeats.com slash When you do that and buy two bags, they give you the third free. Remember, the entire show, if you miss any part of it, if you miss our history segment today about Waterloo, if you miss Tiana Lowe coming up halfway through next hour, if you miss Margo Cleveland in the last hour blasting away at Christy Noem, I may even challenge her on some of that because I'm not ready to just chuck Christy Noem away just yet. She's way too hot. No, I'm kidding. She's, She's been a valuable leader in our movement. But if you miss any of that, you can get the whole show. It's podcasted on iHeart, on Google, on Spotify, and on iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star review, five-star rating after you subscribe, and then leave a review discussing how incredibly handsome I am. These are these are important, really important reviews. What, Chris? They are. They're really important reviews for the show. All right. Time to wrap up Waterloo, and the headline is FBI New Boulder, Colorado Suspect Identity Prior to Shooting. Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Now, most border patrol agents in the Rio Grande Valley to legally purchase a rifle, and the age required to cast a ballot. Are both 18 however there's some shocking disparities in uh, legal state requirements for obtaining a weapon versus casting a ballot in 25 states voters must be registered and have specific forms of ID in order to cast a ballot but those same states allow people to buy rifles without permits and require no background checks for some sales Additionally, in a majority of states, new voters are able to obtain a rifle quicker than they're able to cast their first ballot. <laughs> I can't. I can't with these people. It is the world famous Jesse Kelly show. Don't shake your head, Chris. Uh, we're everybody knows. I'm proud that we have a bunch of Polish listeners. No, we seriously have listeners in a bunch of different countries. But you know I love the Poles because of how much they hate communists over there. I love that we have a bunch of listeners in Poland. So it's now world famous. And, in fact, I'm going to need to go ahead and get that on a t-shirt. Before we get to the FBI, let's finish up Waterloo here. It's not as if the French went out there and laid down. They fought like lions. They would charge and get beat back. And that at one point the English would charge and get beat back. Back and forth and back and forth. The British form themselves into squares, which is exactly what you would picture, trying to prevent a cavalry charge from breaking them up. And horses are not stupid. I mean, just the the barbarity of combat. Horses are not stupid. They don't want to charge into a bunch of bayonets and muskets and such. One French officer bayonets his own horse because the horse won't charge forward to get it to charge forward. It charges forward anyway, after he bayonets it, of course the horse dies. This guy lands in a pile of British soldiers, tells them, please kill me. And they won't. He kills himself. That's the kind of fighting the savage all the way nature of fighting. This was the battle of Waterloo was a brutal, brutal affair. Well, now Prussians are starting to arrive. Napoleon had saved his 15,000 best troops for the very end. This had gone on a long time, tons of death on each side. Napoleon personally, hemorrhoids and all, because he hadn't been out there leading the charge because he couldn't, Napoleon hops in the saddle, leads his men forward. Eventually, he stops before the line as his best troops who had fought with him for so long march by, all of them chanting, Viva la Emperor, proud to go into battle for their leader. But bravery only takes you so far when your face is getting filled up with grape shot. Eventually, they break, they run the best troops running causes the rest of the french army to rout they take off some of the best troops as they leave as they're if they're as they're running away stop and form their own squares napoleon stops and jumps off his horse and jumps in one of the squares with his men ready to die at the very end his men tell him no why would you give them that too get back on your horse please and live He gets back on his horse. He leaves. Napoleon loses the Battle of Waterloo. He's eventually banished to an island not as nice as Elba. He dies. They they told me my whole life it was stomach cancer. Now, of course, they think he was poisoned slowly with arsenic over some time. I have no idea. I have no idea which one of those things is true. But I do know this. Systems. When systems are challenged, oftentimes, oftentimes, the person who challenged them, the people who challenged the system, oftentimes they will in the short term lose, lose their fortunes. Sometimes in the case like cases like this, so many even lost their lives. The system is powerful. The system can hurt you. That's why I call it a system. However, if you take a 30,000-foot view and take a step back from Napoleon's life, Napoleon's challenging of the monarchy, yeah, oh, it failed, oh, he was banished. In the end, he won. That system came crashing down. I get a lot of emails now. The reason I wanted to talk to you about this is I'm getting a lot of emails now because things look rough. I'm not sugarcoating anything for you. They look tough. Looks tough out there. Under a Democratic president, Democrat senator, Democrat Congress, and then they controlled all of the culture, it's not like you're drowning in good news, drowning in good wins for your side. So it's tough, and I'm getting a lot of emails right now, there's nothing we can do, is it even worth it, so on and so forth. I'm here to tell you, you're daggone right it's worth it. And I'm not here saying that you personally, or me personally, are going to see some great victory for what we believe in our lifetime. We might not. You probably aren't. Think about that. I'm 40. I'm 39. The Kellys don't live very long. I would guess I maybe have 70, maybe. I'm not being, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be macabre, but the Kellys just, they don't, they don't live very long. I've been, I've been honest about that. That's, that's the way it goes on my side of the family. So you're telling me we're going to get some huge national victory in the next 35 years I have on this earth, maybe? No. No, of course not. I'm never going to see the end of this, the, the, the fruits of our labor. Maybe you're older. You're never going to see it. That doesn't mean it's not worth doing. It's the most worth doing thing in the world. This is the future of your nation. This is your kids' kids and their kids and their kids. This is the kind of world they're going to grow up in. Do you want them to grow up in a free society? If you do, when I hope you do, then we have to fight. That's all there is to it. And I know it seems insurmountable. When when, when you talk about like what we're about to talk about here with the FBI, that's the kind of thing that makes it seem unwinnable, right? The Federal Bureau of Investigation is, is against us? The Pentagon handing out training materials that's against us? So uh, little old me, little old Joe Blow, I, I have to take on the Federal Bureau of Investigation and in the United States military? Well, it's already lost. It's... Let's throw up our hands. We might as well go home and quit. No. No. Not at all. And, yes, the system is powerful. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. The system can destroy you. The system might destroy you. It might. You might not make it out of there. You might get your own face full of grape shot. Not literally, hopefully, Lord willing. No, Lord willing, you're not going to ask you, But, you know, you might. You might not make it out. That doesn't mean these people are unbeatable. It just means it's going to take time. That's what I want you to take away from this. It's going to take time. The left didn't wake up the morning after Joe Biden got the election and said to themselves, Wow, look at us. We just took over everything. This is great. The left has been doing this since the 60s and before. This has been year after year after year after year of small victory and small victory and small victory. They chip away at it a little here, a little there, a little here, a little there. And then eventually they look around and, oh, man, virtually every cultural institution It's controlled by us now? You have to just conquer the one inch in front of your face. Let's deal with the FBI and the military. Hang on.
1: I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show.
3: Super Beats heart chews aren't just something that I do because I enjoy the taste. And, and I do enjoy the taste, as you know. I, I I prefer the pomegranate berry flavor. They're my dessert every single night with dinner. Everybody knows that by now. But it's not something I do just because I like the taste of it. The truth is, I'm not 20 anymore. I have to be proactive with my health. Proactive with my health. That means. I have to do certain things. I have to eat better than I have in the past. I'm not perfect, but better. I have to make sure I'm mixing in workouts here and there. And Super Beats Heart Shoes are the easiest part of that. Uh, they're good for my blood pressure. They support healthy blood pressure. They support heart health. Super Beats Heart Chews will help you get to where you need to be. Go to getsuperbeats.com slash jesse. When you buy two bags, you get the third free. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, Ryan. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, it's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man, I don't need any help, I'm just gonna quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch, that didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds, I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco free, it's nicotine free, it's even sugar free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off.
1: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
2: listen to nba dna with hannah storm on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
0: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever